Hi everyone and welcome to the second episode of Football Chats with Lexi. Today we'll be chatting about game week one but before we do that I just wanted to say thank you so much to all of you for all the support that I received from the first episode. It was amazing, I wasn't expecting the response that I got and it just it really means a lot to me so thank you for listening I hope that you all continue to listen and enjoy the podcast I'm having so much fun doing it but before I start this episode I also just wanted to put in another little disclaimer that I'm not an expert I am doing this for fun I love football it's my passion and these are just my opinions so I may not always be right I hope you enjoy the episode and without further ado I'm going to introduce my guest. My guest is backed by popular demand. A lot of you reached out saying that you really enjoyed what my dad had to say and wanted to hear his take on game week one. So without further ado here is the episode. Welcome back to the podcast dad. I'm really excited to have you here again. Let's get straight into it. Last week we spoke about one of the highlights of the season being back is that the fans will be back in the stadiums, the new VAR rules that are implemented. How did you feel about the fans being back and how do you think the new VAR rules were implemented this weekend? Hi Lex, yeah, great to be back. Um, yeah, I think the fans back in the stadium created the atmosphere that we'd all been longing for as football fans. I thought it was magnificent. It was like watching proper football again. And I think one of the most endearing images of the weekend was the old Brentford fan with tears streaming down his face at the end of the at the end of the game against Arsenal. Um, yeah, having fans back just makes the world of difference and I can't wait for our fans to be back in the stadium singing You'll Never Walk Alone uh, next week. Um, I there had, might be a few tears with that one. Yeah, I think there well, well may be. I th- you know, I had goosebumps this week. I think the goosebumps are going to be amplified next week when we have fans back at Anfield. So yeah, magnificent. Um, The VAR changes, I think, worked really, really well. I think we had some good examples of the new VAR rules being implemented. The Bruno Fernandes hat-trick goal last season would probably have been ruled off um, for offside. But because of the thicker lines this season and there needing to be daylight, it was ruled on, which I think is absolutely correct. I think that's what fans want to see the benefit of the doubt going to the attacking team. So I think that was really positive. Um, there were fewer penalties awarded this week than than I think um, in most weeks uh, last year. We only had two this week. Yeah, and I, and I think the one, uh, well, there were two where, where perhaps VAR didn't quite get it right. I think the, 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 the Newcastle game against West Ham, I think Jacob Murphy clearly gets the ball. And why that wasn't reviewed by VAR or why Martin Atkinson wasn't at least sent to the monitor to have a look is is unclear to me. I'm not sure why, Um, because I think that decision would have been overturned. And then in the Burnley-Brighton game, I think there's a a clear push by Tarkovsky 
um, before before Burnley scored. Um, both hands on the player in the penalty area, and I'm not sure why that wasn't reviewed by VAR. But in general terms, I think the officiating was spot on. I think the games flowed a lot better, and yeah, I think the 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 new rules are very positive. I agree. I think especially with that new offside rule, it just brings back the excitement because you're not worried if his little toe was offside to see if he scored. There were a couple of upsets this weekend that we saw. The two big ones that come to mind are obviously Arsenal losing 2-0 to Brentford and City losing to Spurs. Let's talk about Arsenal first. What did you let's talk about what you made of Brentford's performance first? Yeah, I think I think Brentford were really good. I, I think they came out, they they took the game to Arsenal, they played to their strengths. Um, relatively simple football, if you like. They've got a couple of quick players in their side. And then, you know, Ivan Tony provides the focal point for for, for, for their attack. So it's all about long throws and balls into the box. And I'm afraid it was the same old Arsenal, um, you know, really poor defensively. Um, and I think what would be worrying Arsenal fans right now is the seeming lack of structure or lack of identity. I think that was pointed out by many pundits during Arsenal's pre-season and they certainly don't seem to have fixed that going into the new season. So, yeah, I think Brentford exposed Arsenal. They're the type of side that Arsenal really struggle against and a, a fantastic start for for Brentford. It definitely was a fantastic start for them and I guess there is always a danger for clubs when you're playing against a newly promoted side. Brentford were in a new stadium. Their fans must have been over the moon to be watching Premier League football after 74 years of not having it. So I think that all adds to it as well. Let's talk about the City Spurs game. Spurs looked really good. There was that Son goal, which was a decent goal. Nuno did a good job for this game in preparing them. And at the end, the Spurs fans were chanting, Harry Kane, are you watching? Do you think a player like Kane would have made a difference for City in this game? And what did you make of Grealish's first performance for City? Um, I think City were good in patches, um, but just unable to sustain the level of performance for, for, for 90 minutes. I think what, what mustn't be lost sight of is the fact that they had 370 odd million pounds worth of talent on the bench. So that strength in depth is, is, is going to count and uh, you know once all their players come back they're going, to, they're going to be a very different proposition. Having said that you can only play what's in front of you and I thought Spurs were magnificent. I thought they, they played to their strengths. Um, using Lucas Moura and Son on the break um, I thought Tanganga was was absolutely fantastic um, so yeah Nuno had his side really well organised played to their strengths and fully deserved fully deserved the win um, but in terms of City's chances for the Premier League um, I haven't changed my mind at all I think obviously if they get Harry Kane across the line, 
he will make a massive difference as a focal point and a player who's going to get you 20 plus goals a season. Um, what I don't necessarily agree with is that he is critical to City winning the league. He'll certainly make a big difference. Um, but I know Alan Shearer was of, was of the view that you know they they may not win the league if if they don't get Kane across the line because they don't have an out and out goal scorer. But I think that the last time they had that was three or four seasons ago with a fully fit Sergio Aguero. Um, you know they've got so much class in midfield and they score so many goals from all over the park. You know Phil Foden, Raheem Sterling, Torres, Mares. Um, you know, the list just goes on and on. Gundogan, De Bruyne. Um, you Guys know, the, that score for fun, really. Yeah, they've got so many goal-scoring options that while I think Kane would be the final piece in the puzzle and almost make them a shoe-in, I don't think he's essential to them, to them retaining their title. I think you're 100% right. Another game that was considered to be an upset was Watford-Aston Villa. Let's just briefly touch on it because I think most people would have expected Villa to beat a newly promoted Watford. They didn't. Do you think for Villa it's just a case of finding their identity without Jack Grealish? Yeah, I absolutely think that's spot on. I think Grealish was the focal point for Villa last season. Um, you know, everything went through him and I do think they need to find a new way of playing and I think they will. I think they have, you know, decent players in that side with, with, with good levels of skill. You know, they've got a player like John McGinn who's, you know, really, really good at what he does, works his socks off a quality player. Traore, they brought in Danny Ings, you know, they've got Ollie Watkins is probably the most one of the most promising young strikers in the Premier League. So yeah, I think they'll find their, their identity, you know, post Jack Grealish. Um I think Watford were were very good, very direct, very quick. Um Ismail Assar was was fantastic. Um, yeah, really good good start by Watford. You know, the newly promoted teams are always going to come out with a bang. And, you know, they happened to catch Villa on the opening day where, where Villa are going to, to, to probably struggle for, for the first few games in terms of trying to find their identity. But, yeah, I think, uh, I, th I think Villa will come good. Yeah, I do think they will come good. They've got a strong enough side to do that let's talk about the man united leeds game quickly united seemed to cruise they looked sharp they looked fit they obviously scored for fun in that game really would you be getting excited as a united fan as i know this answer might pain you a lot might give you a lot of pain but what do you think I'd be getting very excited as a United fan. I think Ole has got the boys back really fit and, and, and raring to go. They, they looked awesome. Um, you know, a couple of notable things for me. I thought the midfield were far more positive in getting the ball forward um, and then going forward with Mason Greenwood um, you know, he, he's just, for me, one of the most promising young players around. And Bruno Fernandes was simply devastating. 
I think Leeds were in many ways their ideal opponents because you know Leeds play a one-on-one game and you know when there's a golfing class in terms of individual players playing against that sort of formation works um, because your players can beat their marker and then immediately there's space we'll have to see how United go um, against teams that maybe sit back a little deeper park the bus mark zonally um, but with Sancho still to make his debut and Varane now a United player I think there's plenty for Man United fans to get excited about there is indeed. Let's talk about our team. We Liverpool played Norwich this weekend and got a 3-0 win. We saw Virgil van Dijk back, which was a huge boost for us. I think it made the world of difference. We would just look very solid defensively again. Um, we spoke about the midfield being a little bit of an issue. It just didn't seem like the right combination, but I think... What fans need to keep in mind is that there's still Fabinho to come back, Henderson. So, you know, that should come right. And I think there's enough for us to get excited about as well. Yeah, I would agree. I think having Virgil back was did make the world of difference. Um, you know, no doubt. The thing about Virgil van Dijk is that he makes the players around him better. So I think you immediately saw... Trent being you know a lot more positive not really hesitant in going forward um, you know knowing that Virgil's at the back I thought he was from an individual performance point of view you know as always his positional play was magnificent you know anything in the air he snuffs out he's a danger from set pieces you know he was spraying his traditional 30 40 yard passes with the normal accuracy I think he certainly lacks a yard of pace but that'll come but yeah I mean when you welcome the world's best central defender back it's always going to make a massive difference the midfield yeah look I don't think that's going to be our starting midfield Um, you know for me you know Ox just doesn't look comfortable in, 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 in that midfield role he looks much more comfortable playing in a more advanced position so I think Naby Keita showed glimpses of, uh, of what he can do in that midfield. And I'd love to see him paired with um, Fabinho and a, and a, and a Thiago um, you know, or a Henderson. Um, so there's lots to come back into, into that midfield. And the front three looked, looked really, really sharp with Bobby coming, in, coming on as a substitute. So... I would still like to see some uh, reinforcements in the middle of the park, um, at least one. Um, you know, we linked with Renato Sanchez. That would be a really interesting signing. You know, bring a player in there who can beat people and create space in this kind of Philip Coutinho type of mould. That would be good. But yesterday, I, I saw a story around us uh, being linked with a certain Erling Haaland next season and almost being made favourites to sign him because his release clause kicks in next next season. So if we were keeping our powder dry this season in order to launch a bid for Haaland next season, that would get me really, really excited. I think a lot of Liverpool fans would be really excited. 
Let's touch on Chelsea Crystal Palace. Chelsea looked comfortable. They also looked sharp. How do you think this impacts the rest of their season? Yeah, I think Crystal Palace were poor, um, but Chelsea were good. You know, mechanical, I think, is the way they're being described at the moment. Um, yeah, I don't think you can read you can read too much into it. Again, though, if I was a Chelsea fan, I'd be getting really excited. Very comfortable first day win um, against Crystal Palace with Lukaku to come into the team. Chelsea will be there or thereabouts. Agreed. The other results we had was Leicester beat Wolves 1-0 with a Jamie Vardy goal. The Brighton, Burn- the Brighton Burnley game we did touch on with the VAR call. Brighton did end up winning that game. I think that's a really good thing for them to start off with a strong result. Yeah, absolutely. Brighton, I don't think, are going to get too many away wins this season. So for them, really, really good. But um, yeah, I, I called it last week that uh, I see Burnley struggling struggling this year. And uh, yeah, I, I think that opening day performance was evidence of exactly why I think they will, they're going to struggle this year. The last game I want to touch on is Everton-Southampton. Rafa's back, Everton beat Southampton quite comfortably. I think you can see Rafa's pragmatism in that side. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. So what Rafa's done is he's gone out and bought Andros Townsend and Damari Gray, two quick wingers who can deliver balls into the box. For Calvert-Lewin, who's one of the best strikers in the league in terms of getting on the ends of crosses. And I think you saw that paying dividends already. Um, you know, with a player like Richarlison, um, you know, who's, who's a class act on the ball, um, playing behind Calvert-Lewin and providing different options. Yeah, I think Rafa's pragmatism came to the fore. I was really pleased to see the Everton fans give him a warm welcome at the beginning of the, at the, beginning of the game. And yeah, I, I, I think, as I said last week, I think Rafa's going to be a really steady pair of hands for Everton and off to the best possible start. I do think Southampton um, will struggle this year. Okay, Dad. This is the time where I now go through your predictions from last week. Oh, dear. So, you had two that were completely off. To be fair, I think a lot of people would have agreed with you on both. But you predicted that the Brentford-Arsenal game would finish 2-1 Arsenal and that the City-Spurs game would finish 3-1 City. You also had two draws. You said that Newcastle-West Ham would finish 2-2. I mean, I guess that's not too far off. And you also said that Watford-Villa would end 1-1, but we didn't have any draws this season. You said United would beat Leeds 2-0. They blew past that, but still the right direction. Interestingly, you said that Norwich could score one against us, but you did say we would score three. You had two spots on. That was Leicester Wolves. You called 1-0 Leicester. And Burnley Brighton, you called 2-1 Brighton, which was spot on. But Dad, I do think that you're probably a little bit better at trivia than you are at predictions. So I think with that said, let's move on to this week's trivia question, shall we? Right, 
Your first question is, playing for a team situated in North East England, which player finished as top goalscorer in the 1999-2000 season? A. Alan Shearer B. Dwight York C. Andy Cole D. Kevin Phillips Kevin Phillips That's correct. Only one African player has been named player of the season in the Premier League's history. Who is it? Mo Salah That's correct. Two for two. Final question. Who topped the league goal-scoring list in the 1992-93 season, the first season of the new Premier League? Um, Teddy Sheringham. That's three for three, Dad. Well done. You got all the trivia questions right this week. You guys must let me know how you go in the trivia and see if anyone can also go three for three this week. I think I've just demonstrated Lex that I am better at trivia than predictions that is correct right let's go on to your predictions for next week shall we first game Liverpool Burnley um, I think we'll exact our revenge on Burnley who beat us and um, you know destroyed our, our long running home record last year I think we will beat Burnley 3-1 Villa Newcastle Villa 2, Newcastle 1. Crystal Palace, Brentford. 1-1 one, one draw. Leeds, Everton. Leeds 2, Everton 1. I do like a Leeds win there. Man City, Norwich. Man City 4, Norwich 0. No. That's a little bit of punishment again for Norwich. Brighton, Watford. One one draw. Southampton Man United. Southampton nil Man United two. Wolves Spurs. Wolves nil Spurs two. Arsenal Chelsea. Arsenal nil Chelsea two. And finally, West Ham, Leicester. Um, West Ham, one, Leicester, two. There we go. Those are your predictions. Thank you for coming on the podcast again this week, Dad. And hopefully you'll be back soon and we'll go through your predictions. Thank you, Lex. Great fun as always. Thank you all for listening to the second episode of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And I will be back next week with a review of Game Week 2. Also, don't forget to follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts so that you can listen to it every week. If you enjoyed it, please leave a five-star rating. Also, follow the podcast on Instagram at Football Chats with Lexi. And I'll talk to you all next week.